Good morning, everyone. Glad we can be together this morning. Uh, thankful to those who have uh, served in worship this morning and those who will continue to serve this morning. Grateful we can come together and worship our God this morning, a God who loves us, a God who wants what is best for us. This morning, I hope you have your Bibles, and if you will, turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 this morning, we're going to be spending time in verse 16 through verse 18. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 through verse 18. How do you keep going when you feel like giving up? Perhaps you have become discouraged before, at least at one point in your life. Perhaps some of you are there right now. In your life, things you've experienced, things you're going through, perhaps you have grown discouraged in your Christian walk. Maybe it's because of things that have happened to you. Uh, maybe it's because of things that have happened to people that you care about. Maybe it's because of some things that someone has said to you or about you or have done to you. Maybe it's because of things that are out of your control. We have certainly seen quite a few things that have happened that have affected us over the last year or so. There's always things that happen out of our control, but it seems like over the last year, we've had, this world has had more than its fair share of things that are happening that are out of our control. Perhaps that has caused you to become discouraged in your Christian walk. You know, when we become discouraged, because if you aren't now, then you have been, or you probably will at some point in the future. When we become discouraged in our faith, in our Christian walk with God, how do we keep going when we feel like giving up? How do you press on even though you don't feel like pressing on? How do you keep going when you feel like quitting? Our text this morning will help to answer that question. In fact, it will provide the answer to that question. And it won't only answer the question, but we're also going to learn how we do what the text tells us to do this morning. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to read verse 16 through verse 18, and then we're going to find the answer to our question this morning from this text. Paul is writing here to the church at Corinth, this second letter to them. And he's been talking about some things before this that they have been facing, that he and those with him have been experiencing persecutions and hardships. And he says in verse 16, Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. How do we keep going when we feel like giving up? God, God's answer to us in this text is this. We keep going when we feel like giving up by focusing on the unseen eternal things and not by focusing on 
the temporary things which we can see. We keep going when we feel like giving up by focusing on the unseen eternal things instead of the seen temporary things. Our text gives us two things. That these temporary things that we can see it really talks about two things here. One of the temporary things that we can see is, the text says, our outward man, uh, this outward body that we have. You know, no matter how successful we are at following a healthy diet, some of us are better at that than others. No matter how much we exercise, uh, no matter how many, how many different products and things we may use to help make ourselves appear younger, no matter how careful we are to avoid dangerous situations. For me personally, what comes to my mind are things like skydiving and bungee jumping, things that you will never see me do that if it's my choice. Nothing wrong with any of those things, by the way. There's nothing wrong with exercising, with eating healthy, with using different products to make ourselves appear younger. If you want to skydive, that's up to you. Nothing wrong with any of that in and of itself. But the thing is, is no matter, even if we focus on all of that and do the very best we can with all of that, we will all still die one day. To kind of plant something in our minds from the Word of God, we do not inherit Adam's sin or the guilt of Adam's sin. You don't inherit the sins of your parents or your grandparents or going all the way back to Adam. We don't inherit anyone else's sin. The Bible tells us that, Ezekiel 18, verse 20. You and I are responsible for our sin and our sin alone. We will answer only for our sin and no one else's. Ezekiel 18, verse 20. However, death came into the picture as a consequence of Adam's sin. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20 through 22 talks about how that in Adam... Because of Adam, what he did, there were some consequences that came along with sin. You go all the way back to Genesis 3, and it talks about how that, for example, uh, for a woman, having a children, childbirth was going to be a very painful thing, God told Eve. Uh, God also talks about how that no longer will the land be so uh, cooperative as they try to grow crops, but there were going to be difficulties and hardships, and Adam would have to work, they would have to work by the sweat of their brow to have food. There were some consequences that came into the world because of sin, and death is one of those consequences. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 22, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. The sin of Adam started the dying process, if you will, or the death process, if you will. Sin entered, de death entered the world because of sin. Now... Going back to our text in 2 Corinthians 4, in thinking about that, no matter what we do, we all still die. If all we are focusing on is the outward person, if that's all that we're focusing on, can we do anything to avoid death? The answer is no. There is nothing that you and I can do 
to avoid death. And if our focus, if our entire focus is on the outward person, that is a very bleak outlook. And the problem is, is in our world today, this is where many people's focus is. It's on the, the outward person. Think about all the commercials that we see and that we hear on television and on the radio. Uh, that we hear about something to do with a diet program or, or exercise or beauty products and the list goes on and on. Like I said, nothing wrong with any of those things in and of themselves. But what we can see is that our world is obsessed with the outward person. That's what they focus on. Our culture, especially in this country, believes that focusing on the outward person is the key to happiness and purpose in this life. That's what our culture tells us. You want to be happy, you want to have purpose in your life, then focus on you and make you the best you that you can be. You know, focus on your diet, on exercise, do this and do that. And while many of those things in and of themselves, there's nothing wrong with them, the problem is there's no purpose if, because all are going to die. So what's the point of it? Nothing wrong with focusing on those things in and of themselves, but the temporary things which we see are outward person. Our text tells us this right here, your outward person, we are all going to die one day. The text also mentions, as Paul says, our light affliction, our suffering. You know, you think about some people suffer from sickness. Some people live every day of their lives with different diseases. I mean, if you don't have a disease, you know, we get sick in a day or two, we get to feeling better and we kind of go back to normal. You think about someone who lives with a disease every day of their life, they go to bed that night and they get up and they live it all, all over again, every day. Some people live with diseases. Some will face persecution from their friends or their family just because they are a Christian. Some people deal with the, the mental anguish of, from watching a loved one suffer. Perhaps you aren't the one with the disease, but perhaps someone that you love has that. And you watch them go through that every day of their life. Some people deal with the mental pain of a loved one who has walked away from the Lord. And it can feel like all these things are consuming us in this life. But what we must remember is that these things are limited to this life. They are temporary. So how do we keep going when we feel like giving up? Not by focusing on the temporary things that we can see, not by focusing on our outward person, not by focusing on the things that we may be suffering. However, we are able to keep going when we feel like giving up by focusing on the eternal things that we cannot see. Our text tells us that this is not our outward man, but the inward man. This involves our heart, our mind. And it reminds us that the outward person, our outward bodies, is not all that there is to us. Our inward person, and then the second thing, is our glory. Now what is this 
this eternal glory. Verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 4 mentions our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Our light affliction is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. What is this glory? Well, you keep reading on into chapter 5. The first three verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we start to get an idea of what this glory is. Paul says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent... Now, he's not talking about the houses we live in. He's talking about our body. We know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, our dwelling place which is from heaven. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. This this eternal glory, Paul directs their attention to, it's this, this, as he talks about in 1 Corinthians 15, the end of that chapter, it's this immortal, incorruptible body that we will receive. And it will be like Christ when He returns. It's looking forward to that. There will be no more sickness with that body. There will be no more death with that body. There will be no more pain. There will be no more getting older and having our bodies break down over time. But it will be incorruptible, immortal. So then our sufferings, which often break down our body even further, Paul says, don't focus on that. But focus on really what you're building towards when that happens. You are building towards something that will last forever. Your glory because of Christ and in Him. And he says this is far greater than whatever we may suffer here in this temporary life. The things that we face here in this life can be extremely challenging. And in the moment it can seem like that's all there is to life, the things that we're suffering. Someone who's in a hospital bed and has perhaps been there for days or for weeks, they can feel like that's all that their life is. If you've been in that position, you know how that feels. But Paul reminds us that whatever we may suffer here, as bad as it may be, whatever we may suffer here is temporary. And the glory that we are going to receive is far greater than the worst of the suffering here. So, how do we keep going when we feel like giving up? Well, the answer to that question, according to God, is by focusing on the unseen, eternal things, the inward person, our glory that is to come and not by focusing on our outward person and the things that we are suffering here. So we have the answer to our question. But how do we do that? How do we focus on eternal, unseen things? Because this life, the sufferings that we face here, our outward bodies, you know, that, that's, a, that's a hard thing, to not focus so much on everything that we face every day of this life. How do we focus on the unseen eternal things. And our text tells us, God says, you focus on the unseen eternal things by renewing the inward man day by day. That's 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. By renewing our inward person every single day. Well, how do we do that? 
And to find the answer to that, turn with me, if you will, maybe place a marker there in 2 Corinthians 4. Turn with me, if you will, to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3, we're going to read verse 9 through verse 11. Because see, this, this word for renewing over there in 2 Corinthians 4, that word in the original only appears one more time. And it appears in Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. So that gives us a little hint in understanding, okay, how are we going to do this? Colossians chapter 3, let's read 9 through 11 together. Paul here writing to Christians at Colossae. He says, do not lie to one another. Since you've put off the old man with his deeds, you've put away that old life. You've become a Christian. You've put that old man away in the way you used to live, the way you used to act. You've put that away. So don't lie to each other anymore. And you've put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. Here, Colossians 3 verse 10 tells us the new man who is renewed, that's our same word over there in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, who is renewed in knowledge. And this is a not just knowing stuff in our head, but this is a full understanding, really taking these things we're learning, putting them into our minds, and then living them out in our lives. How do we gain a full understanding of Jesus Christ? Well, when Jesus wanted his disciples to know more about him, Jesus himself went to the Scriptures. One example of that, we won't take the time to read it this morning, but Luke 24 verse 44 through 47, to explain more of himself and his mission and why he had to die and do these things and suffer on the cross and die for us and be resurrected, he went to the Word of God to explain that to his disciples. The question that we have to ask ourselves is this. Will we have a full understanding of Jesus Christ without the Word of God? And the answer to that question is no. There is no way that we can have a, a, a grow in our understanding and our knowledge of Jesus Christ without the Scriptures. And until I, I studied for and I prepared and put this lesson together, I, I guess these were two dots I guess I'd never really connected for myself. If we don't spend time reading and studying and thinking upon the Word of God, then, then we can't gain a full understanding of Jesus Christ. And if we can't gain a full understanding of Jesus Christ, well, then that means, going back to what we read over in 2 Corinthians 4, then we can't renew that inward person every day. And if, I, and if I'm not renewing the inward person, if we're not renewing that inward person every day, then that means we're not focusing on those eternal, unseen things. See... Spending time in the Word of God, it's not just to learn information. But it's, as we're about to read here in Colossians 3, it's supposed to change the way that we live our lives. It's supposed to impact not what's just in our mind, but the way that we live every single day. It's renewing that inward person, focusing on the eternal things. That's part of what studying God's Word is all about. This, this, as Paul goes on here in Colossians 3, verse 12, 
This full understanding of Jesus Christ and who He is is supposed to lead to a change in our lives. He says then, therefore, starting uh, Colossians 3 verse 12, therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, your life is supposed to change. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. See, this we don't just study the Word of God simply to store information in our minds, although that, that is part of it. But that's not the only reason we're supposed to study the Word of God. What we learn, what we gain from our studies, whether we're reading it on our own, whether we're listening to someone else teach the Word of God, what we gain and what we store in our minds is supposed to be applied in our lives. It's meant to be lived out in our life every single day to change us to be more like Jesus Christ. So how do we, how do we focus on these unseen eternal things? One way that we do it is by renewing the inward person every single day. And we do that by growing in our knowledge of what the Word of God has to say. By taking what the Word of God says and applying it in our lives. That's how we renew that inward person every day. And then the second thing, back in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 now, the second how, I suppose. How do we focus on the unseen eternal things? By reminding ourselves that, as Paul calls it, the light, temporary sufferings that we face are nothing compared to our eternal glory. That's something that we need to remind ourselves of often. The things that we face here, however small, however great, are, as Paul calls them, light. They are temporary. Because when you compare it to the eternal weight of glory, and it's interesting how Paul phrases that, a weight. It's as if you've got the glory on this side and you have, you have the afflictions, the suffering on this side. And no matter how bad the sufferings are, the glory is far heavier than the things that we suffer. We have to remind ourselves of that. You know, did Paul ever suffer? You know, you hear someone talk like that, and maybe it doesn't quite sink in, or maybe we sort of gloss over someone who says that. But when we start to look to the Word of God, what we realize is that Paul suffered tremendously. For example, in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23 through verse 28, he sort of lists out a lot of the things that he suffered. Included in that is he was beaten 
Five times I received, he said, from the Jews, 40 stripes minus one. He was beaten with rods. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. Uh, he was in perils of waters and perils of robbers and all these things. Weariness, sleeplessness. He was often hungry and thirsty. He was often cold and, not, and didn't have enough to wear. He suffered tremendously. And so, someone who suffered tremendously says... The things that we suffer in this life are light compared to the glory that we will receive. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Paul said in 2 Timothy 3 verse 12, that was not an empty statement for Paul. He faced that and often lived that out every single day. And the finish line, and the reward awaiting him is what drove him onward. What kept Paul going as he was sitting in a cold, dark, dirty Roman prison for something just for being a Christian, what drove him onward, how he kept going when he felt like giving up, was by focusing on the finish line, by focusing on what was awaiting him. And without the perspective of our eternal glory, without the perspective of what awaits us as Christians, as God's people, our sufferings on this earth will likely overwhelm us and crush us if we do not have the perspective of, in comparison to what we're going to receive, our sufferings here are light. And so as we thought about this this morning, we have all likely faced days in the past, and likely we will face more days in the future when we feel like giving up. Uh, if you've been through some of those days and you've come out on the other side, that's great. But likely we will face days in our lives like that again. So let's press forward and let's focus on the unseen eternal things by renewing our inward person day by day and by focusing on and knowing and longing for and looking forward to the glory that awaits us. This morning, if you are a Christian and you realize uh, that you have not been focusing on the eternal things as you should, you realize that you have allowed life to beat you down, to discourage you. Perhaps you are on the verge of giving up, or you have perhaps given up, and you're just going through the motions now. We encourage you to make things right with God, to, to turn back and to focus on renewing that inward person every day, to focus on what awaits the faithful child of God at the end of this life. It will help you keep going. It will help you keep pressing on. If you're not a child of God, then... For the child of God, there are still sufferings in this life. God's people are not immune to the hardships and the sufferings that this life faces. In fact, being a Christian means there may actually be additional sufferings that come your way that maybe they wouldn't have come otherwise. But as a Christian, what you have is something that no one else, that, that no other people in this world has. You have perspective on this life knowing that this life and the hardships and the sufferings that come in this life are temporary and something far greater awaits those who are in Christ. You get into Christ Jesus by believing Him to be the Son of God, 
repenting of your sins, confessing his name and being baptized into Christ, Galatians chapter 3, for the forgiveness of your sins, Acts 2 verse 38. This morning, you need to respond to the invitation. Won't you come as we stand and as we sing?